Folks, I ain't happy. Uh, and bear with me. I'm trying out a new microphone setup and a new microphone. And I kind of just slapped this together. It's going to be another solo episode with just your host, Richard Doom. Hello, heroes. Um, it's been a fucking day. Also, I haven't put out an episode in a while. Uh, sorry for that. The 12 people who listen, um, that might be generous, but, uh, I've had some things in the pipe that I'm working on and I hope to get out, but I'm still working on this, but I just needed to kind of post something. I have spent all day online. I work from home now, so I am on the computer all the time. We are... On January, no, February, it's a different month, Richard. It's February 5th, two days after the Iowa caucus for the 2020 nomination of the Democratic candidate. Uh, Bernie won, yay, uh, but they wanted to go ahead and fuck that up uh, as much as possible. Um, they are still tabulating the responses. Um, the uh, They spiked the most accurate poll that has ever come out for every uh primary um because one booted judge guy complained they um went ahead and used an app that was built by hillary staffers from the 2016 election and that was funded by booted judge money um and the app crashed cool um and so we they the people who don't listen to this podcast, because the people who do listen to this podcast, heroes, I might remind you, um, know already that Bernie won. That is undeniable. That is just happening. Um, but people who don't listen to this podcast, the people who are um, just refreshing the page on CNN, are um, still just... They've forgotten about it, honestly. They they said, hey, uh, we don't have any results. And then at about 60 results from the richer areas that tend more towards Buttigieg and Warren, uh, they said, oh, well, here, here's what the results are. Uh, Buttigieg is coming ahead in delegates uh, and in percentages, even though Bernie's winning with a popular vote. Uh, gotta love caucuses, right? And... They said, uh, and they're like, we'll, we'll send you more information uh, as we find out. And that is one way to do things, I suppose, you know, with all the other things I mentioned. So they just didn't want, oh, what I was going to say was they, I'm not going to edit this, by the way. Uh, this is just going to come out uh, as it fucking happened. So um, bear with me, folks. But then Buttigieg went ahead and just declared victory. He gave a victory speech saying, We are victorious. We are undeniable. We are inevitable. I believe that's the point in which Thanos dies in the movie. But um, we just got to wait and wait until that. This is the Infinity War. All right, folks? This is the Infinity War. We're going to reach the endgame. And they will be defeated. The nihilistic fuckers who want to kill half the population, they'll be defeated. Just give it time. But <laughs> that son of a bitch gave a victory speech saying, We won! With 0% of uh, uh, precincts reporting. Just absolutely harebrained sycophancy. Just, just absolutely insane. And the next day, journalists came up to him reporters came up to him and they're just like hey don't you think it was a little uh, fucked up to go ahead and uh, declare victory like that and he had just this fake grin on his face he's and he as he just answered none of their questions just ran into his car and just like peeled out like all right rat boy fucking buddha judge oh my god uh this is going to be a free-flowing episode as you hadn't told um been able to tell 
And like I said, I'm not editing it, so uh, it's going to be a shit show. But the reason why I'm upset is because I have been online all day. And the discourse today has been, uh, the catalyst of it is Will Meneker of the Chapo Trap House uh, podcast, of which I am a fan, went ahead and tweeted, um, basically, Bernie or bust. I ain't voting for anybody but Bernie, and... I can't say what my audience is going to do of hundreds of thousands of people, but maybe they agree with me. And so the the conversation today online has been uh, basically negotiating the hostage situation uh, and trying to figure out who the hostage is and who's the hostage taker. Is it the center left who theoretically doesn't give a shit about who the candidate is? Vote blue no matter who. Or it is the people who actually um, see the situation that we're in as uh, dangerous and need correcting immediately. Now, one would hypothesize that the people who actually want something should go ahead and get it, especially if the other side doesn't care. But they do care. That's the point. That's the thing. They're just like, ah, I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and throw my vote behind um, Biden. It's not even Biden. Nobody gives a shit about Biden. The people who are supporting Biden right now are the people who say, well, he seems the most electable, and that's just name recognition. Everybody, the the Republicans don't do this. Republicans, for, you know, it's the one thing I'll say about them is that they will just fucking vote for whatever goblin they like best. They're just like, hey, that goblin, you know what? He has the most skulls on his shoulder pads. I'll fucking vote for him. Uh, and they don't have to, like, justify it with any 3D chess moves or anything like that. It's just, yeah, I like his position on skulls on shoulder pads. What of it? But Democrats have to go ahead and say, well, I'll vote for who I think the dumbest person in Ohio will vote for. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen on the right, but the left always has to do this, like, Zeno's candidate. Zeno's paradox, if you're not familiar is the idea that in order for something to reach its source and destination, it has to first travel half that distance. And in order to get there, it has to travel half its distance. In order to get that point, it has to reach half its distance. And it is an infinite string of just half points, an infinitely recurring moment where you never actually reach your destination because you are constantly reaching half the destination and the source point, And then that increasing or decreasing, I should say, uh, destination point. So the thing is, the left, or I should say the liberals, the Democratic Party, negotiates itself into a situation where it has no core beliefs. It is constantly negotiating with a right that is just lurching further and further to the left in order to try and meet it halfway in good faith when the right is just standing there with pitchforks and scythes and say, you know what, um, kill trans people. And they're like, well, what if we kill some trans people? And they're like, no, not good enough. And so they just go further right, and so do the Democrats. And so we have Zeno's candidate, where you always are just negotiating halfway the distance between the last furthest right candidate you were familiar with. So right now, you have a slew of Democratic nominees that are trying to say, well, I'm the halfway point between Donald Trump... And uh, the, you know, the leftist person you can go ahead and imagine. For the, our sake, it's going to go ahead and say Bernie Sanders. It's like, hey, I'm halfway between Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. Vote for me. I can win the most amount of people because most people will be like, eh, close enough. But that's not how it works. Because like I said, Republicans don't give a fuck. They will go ahead and vote for any goblin. They trudge out of any swamp and say, yeah, uh, this guy. Excuse me. They're just going to go ahead and vote for who they want to. Imagine a process. But what of it? And so you have just a slew of candidates who are going to go ahead and say, yeah, um, vote for me because I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm a compromise between what you want and what you imagine the dumbest person in Ohio wants. So Democrats always have to like... That's why Iowa is so important to Democrats. Iowa doesn't matter to Republicans. Rick Santorum won the Iowa uh, uh, caucus uh, the last time around. And 
Do you even remember who that guy was until I mentioned his name? You didn't, unless you Googled his name recently, and the only reason you Googled his name is because you were reminding yourself that the LGBT community went ahead and Google primed his name to stand for something that's gross. Google it or don't. Mileage may vary. Anyways, the reason why Ohio is so important to the Democrats is because Democratic voters, by and large, the consistent Democratic voter, the people who've been voting straight D for basically the last 40 years, are the people who are hollowed out of all of their convictions. They don't have any anymore. If you've been a Democrat for 40 years, you probably have been a hippie or a punk or a grunge. Uh, if you're Gen X, it, you, you probably were on a spectrum of anti-authoritarian uh you know uh principled belief but after 40 years of buying into the democratic process you have small d big d democratic process you have bought in to a million little cuts a million little failures a million little like just absolute destructions where you said well okay well the country is more conservative than i imagined it to be and so you maybe you know, inched a little to the right. And then the next time it happened and you inch yourself a little to the right as well. One of the most heated conversations I've ever had. Actually, let's go ahead and say all of the heated conversations I've ever had have been with people that are just like, I don't understand why you're fighting with me. We're on the same side. We're not. We're not on the same side. We both probably agree on what the intended outcome is. Universal health care, Green New Deal, free um, college, uh, national rent control, maybe banning ICE, absolutely abolishing ICE, uh, maybe uh, emptying out our concentration camps and um, demolishing them to never be used again. Uh, a slew of things that we probably agree on the outcome, but we firmly disagree on the strategy of which to get there. Now... The reason why we disagree on strategy is, again, because of ideology. The, you know, the, the lines between the two blur. So sometimes people of similar ideology will disagree about strategy, but sometimes your ideology includes strategy. So if your ideology is that we need to get to this point at some point, then the disagreement about strategy is, well, how hard must we come at it? Will an Elizabeth Warren or a Pete Buttigieg or a Joe Biden suffice for now? I, and many like myself, that I've been interacting with online today, are of the opinion, or of the ideology, that half measures are not enough. They haven't been, but especially now. Now, we are dealing with a situation that many liberals have not had to deal with before, which is the ticking time clock of climate catastrophe. Climate change is here. It's been here for a while. Everybody's pretty much catching up. But if you are under the impression that a half step in the direction towards a Green New Deal or combating climate change is enough, you might as well be a climate denier. You might as well be, well... A little bit is enough. The UN, the reason why we have the ticking clock is because the UN uh, Council on Climate Change, I made that name up, it's some other acronym, went ahead and said that we basically have 12 years. Now, I think they said that two years ago. So we basically have 10 years to do anything about climate change. And... It ain't going to cut it. It ain't going to cut it to do anything, any half measure. If you do not believe in that timetable, you're a climate denier. You don't believe in the science. You're just like, well, I'm sure they're being hysterical. It's like, if anything, more science has come out since then saying like, well, they're probably being a little conservative. It's probably worse than that. So this is why we are being adamant. The Bernie are busters. Now, I live in California. My vote doesn't really matter. It's going to be a blue state no matter what. So um, I don't understand why anyone's going to try and browbeat me into voting for their shitty candidate. Um, but it's, it isn't about my vote. It is, it, it's about the ideology. They would rather we didn't vote 
than if we voted for somebody we actually cared about. It's it. You, there's a reason why after 2016, they're angrier at the Jill Stein voters than the people who didn't vote because the people who did vote actually believed in something. They didn't believe in what they believe in, what the Democrats believe in. They're just like, you went ahead and took the time to vote. And because of your principles, you couldn't vote for Hillary Clinton. How dare you? You should have known better than that. You would have been better off if you didn't vote at all. That's, you've heard it, haven't you? You've listened to these people before and you've heard Oh, they don't give a shit about non-voters. The vast majority of this country doesn't vote. The vast majority of this country is poor and can't even take the time off to go vote. So what are they going to do? They are focused on the slim group. And you know what? It's not as slim as it used to be. We're growing. We're a growing number. The small group of people, millions of us, sure, but relatively. America's, what, 350 million people? They're worried about the small group of people who voted for Jill Stein in 2016. Because, well, they're the margin of defeat that Hillary Clinton suffered to Trump. If all of them voted for Hillary, then she would have won. Why is she entitled to Jill Stein's vote? Why do you assume that the people who voted for Jill Stein would be in any way amenable to Hillary Clinton's paradigm, let alone her platform? It, 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 they they believe in horseshoe theory, but they mostly they, they look at the gradients. They look at the basically sliding scale, the spectrum of belief, of ideology, um, of ideology. And they say, well, Jill Stein voters should be amenable to Hillary Clinton because, well, we've swallowed our principles for decades. So why can't you? And the reason why is because you don't have to. There are people in this country who think like you, who are as angry as you are, who are as defeated as you are. They see the shit that goes around all the time, environmental, professional, familial, transportational. They see all these fucked up things and they know it's fucked up too maybe they don't have a language for it and i hope that this podcast can be in some way a way for people to uh vocalize or at least hear a a a voice say hey you know what that bothers me too and we all feel it we are more alike than we are different that's the point. That's the reason why, like, people who voted for Trump in 2016 are paying attention to this Bernie guy. It's like, hey, maybe everyone who voted for Trump is not a Klansman. Maybe some of them believed Trump when he said he was going to protect their jobs or give them better health care or raise their wages. Are they foolish for believing that? I believe so. But how can you go ahead and say that and not believe that the people who voted for Hillary Clinton are just as delusional for believing her when she spoke out of that side of her mouth when before she was speaking out of the other? It cuts both ways. You have to understand what your ideology is and why it is you believe that. And does it stand up the scrutiny from one side or the other? If you believe everybody who voted for Donald Trump is a dumb hick who should have known better, why can't they think the same thing of the people who got in line and said, well, I guess it has to be Hillary. When she is one of the most hawkish people to have run for the modern day Democratic Party, when she basically said the opposite of everything that she ran against in 2016, you know, it... it, uh, I had these, like I said, one of the uh, the the most fervent conversations, debates that I had with friends were people who we are theoretically on the same side. They vote Democrat. I believe Democrat. You know, we should be on the same side. We're both on the left, quote unquote. And the reason why we disagreed, you know, the devil's always in the details. But uh, one of the most fervent fights I had was 
with a buddy of mine, uh, a dear friend, and we we were arguing about Hillary Clinton, and he said, "I don't understand why you don't believe she means the things she's saying right now." And I told him it's because she said the opposite before. So I'm going to go ahead and believe her when she spoke the first time. Or at the very least, I'm going to go ahead and say that the fact that she's saying one thing now and the opposite later is to say that I shouldn't believe either of them because I can't trust it. That's probably the more neutral thing to do. That's basically where I came down on it. And that's why Bernie's consistency means so much to people is that he's not saying it for political gain. He's not saying it for political expediency. It He's been pro-LGBT before it was popular. Remember, Obama ran as an anti-gay Democrat. He was basically, like, forced or tricked into being like, yeah, I support gay marriage, after, like, Biden went ahead and spoke out on it uh, before. He's like, yeah, I agree with Biden. Um, like, it... I, I, I feel like a lot of people... A lot of, a lot of people forget just how recently it became the Democratic platform to be for gay marriage. Hillary Clinton was recorded in 2013, like, saying, like, do you believe marriage should be between uh, a man and a woman? And she's like, yes. Like, relatively recently, especially in relation to the 2016 election. Like, And then she went ahead and campaigned on, I've always been a champion of LGBT rights. Like, oh my God, like... At least say you changed your mind. Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Don't tell me that you've always been a champion of LGBT rights. That's horse. That's asinine. I haven't been a champion of LGBT rights. I went to a conservative school. It took me some time to go ahead and figure that shit out. I'm going to be honest upright. My policy when I came to gay people and are they people and do they have rights? Uh, took a little bit of getting used to. Now, Bear in mind, I did have some, like, anti-authority positions where I was just kind of like, I don't know if I should believe the pastor and or teacher who's telling me this thing. So I was kind of questioned, but I wasn't great on it. I'll tell you right now. I'll be upfront with you. I was just like, yeah, I don't know if it should be a thing, but, you know, I believe in church and st- uh, separation of church and state, so I don't believe the church has any right to uh, litigate on that matter. And that's where I was when I was a libertarian teenager. <laughs> but... Uh, let's just say a little bit of evolution needed to occur. But hostage negotiation, that's what this all became about. We are in a hostage negotiation. In 2016, the democratic mode of thinking was, you have to vote for us because Donald Trump is worse. Now they were right about the second part, Donald Trump was worse than Hillary Clinton. Do you have to vote for her? Did you have to vote for her? No, you did not. If you subscribe to a theory of do as little harm as possible, then, yeah, I believe uh, perhaps you could be compelled to vote for Hillary Clinton. I have to say that um, my position on the matter, or at least uh, my record on the matter, should not be trusted. I, like I said, I'm a Californian. Uh, it didn't matter who I voted for. And uh, I'll be honest with you right now. In 2016, if I lived in a swing state, I probably would have voted for Hillary. I would have felt the compuncture too. I would say up until recently, the scolding was working on me. I I, I felt belittled. I felt guilty that uh, I didn't do my part. I had very good friends who told me that I bear some of the responsibility for Hillary Clinton not being president because I was harsh and critical of her on my Twitter timeline. And that has stayed with me for a bit. Still stays with me, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Which I'm going to try to be. (laughs) But I, I don't believe that But the fact that others could gave me some pause. I I wonder what it is. Do I have a responsibility? Do I have a platform? I mean, before I was just 
screaming into the ether. I don't. I didn't even have as many followers as I do now on Twitter back in 2016. So the idea that like I don't know, being critical of Hillary Clinton to a I don't know a thousand people uh, who may or may not read my tweets um, didn't really register for me. But I was just like, do who does have a responsibility and does anyone have a responsibility? The do no harm. Do we have the duty to do as little harm as possible? And to that I would say, this is what I have said to people who have said that. When it comes to voting for the lesser of two evils, that presumes that there is a bottom to this barrel. And there is not. Lesser of two evils assumes that, well, once we reach the bottom of the barrel, then we can go ahead and climb our way back up. But there isn't. Like I said, Zeno's candidate, they are getting more and more conservative. Um, it, the we, we have how many wars going on? How many fucking assassinations went on under Barack Obama relative to Bill Clinton? Now, Bill Clinton fucked up and fucked that dude Honestly, he's a rapist and a monster and a war criminal. Barack Obama is just a war criminal, to my knowledge, allegedly. No, he is. He drone assassinated a lot of people. But <laughs> it's it presumes a bottom to a barrel that isn't there. There's no bottom to this. When we, um, let, let's say, fucking... Elizabeth Warren is the candidate. Let's say Elizabeth Warren is our compromise candidate, and we run her against Trump. And she loses, and then in 2024, we go through this thing again, where they're just like, well, we didn't win that time with a moderate progressive, whatever that means. Uh, let's go even further while they run like Tom Cotton, who's just fucking like already on the top of the Capitol with a sniper rifle ready to shoot anybody who's got a skin darker than an olive. Like it, you, you, when you, you're just shooting yourself in the foot every time. And so you, you have to say enough is enough. Now, the other day I was talking with my buddy, Ken, I was going to try and record with Ken today, but um, he has, you know, a life and things to do but i'm just sitting here drinking beer and getting mad online but <clears throat> the thing ken said the other day while we were talking is he said the only way things are going to change is that the, he said they're going to do the same thing that they did to bernie that they did last time they're going to fuck him out of their nomination they are going to out of desperation, probably be more blatant out of it. But, you know, when it comes down to it, when they meet in, what is it, Minneapolis, uh, when it comes time for the, con uh, the convention, they are going to fuck him out of it, no matter what. doesn't matter if he won 50 states or not. doesn't matter how many delegates he has. They're going to fuck him. And he's like, because they're a private organization, as we found out in their lawsuit, what, excuse me, when they uh, were sued for um, tilting the scales in favor of Hillary Clinton, uh, they went to court and their defense was, well, we're a private organization and there's nothing that uh, is holding us to our word to promise not to favor one candidate or the other. Now, the case got thrown out because the judge is just like, well, I don't have jurisdiction over this. But So the, the case just got thrown out. It was not settled one way or the other. It was not deemed whether that was a good defense or a legal defense or anything. But that was the defense they went with. They said, hey, if we want to go into a smoke-filled room and choose who our candidate is because he gives us the most money, that's our prerogative. And as Ken said, they're probably going to fuck Bernie out of it this time. And he said, the only way that this pattern gets broken is if enough people say no and they write in Bernie. And he said, millions of people will have to do this. Millions of people will have to go ahead and say, and like I said earlier, and, and he said, like, they'd have to write in Bernie. They would have to do a protest vote. And he probably isn't going to win if that happens because, you know, the way things ha are. Uh, the people who do vote 
um, they get, the group gets smaller and smaller because the people who have any faith in the institution of electoralism just get smaller and smaller, especially when it comes to the liberal left progressive side. But enough people would need to have to submit a protest vote in order for the Democratic Party to basically disintegrate. They'd be like, oh, we fucked up. Now that... Well, hearing that from my buddy Ken, it bummed me out because, one, I don't know if it's true, but two, I don't even know if that would be enough. Um, the truth of the matter is that power needs to get wrested from these guys. There is not... Because we live in a two-party system, I believe, and I have disagreed with good friends on this, I believe the only way forward for progress or humanity or justice is to take over the Democratic Party. There are two parties in place, and the only way to do this is to basically wrest control from that from the psychopaths who currently run it and there's an honest debate to be had about whether that's possible you know i i believe these people are incapable of shame i believe these people uh you know everybody was hoping that with the impeachment vote that republicans could be shamed into voting to um indict trump um they have no shame if you're in washington odds are you have no fucking shame that's what it comes down to. Uh, you, you've turned off that. You have burned off that part of you a long time ago, and for good reason. I mean, you're a millionaire now. People come to you for favors, and they get done, and they give you favors. You get boats and jets and plane rides, and your children get um, billion-dollar jobs at companies that they have no right to... That was not meant to be a Biden reference. It's a reference to a lot of them. Um, fucking uh, Schumer's daughter works over at Facebook, and that's why Schumer has uh, just kneecapped any uh, legislation against Facebook. They all do it. That's the thing. Can they be shamed into it? I don't know. Um... That is the question. Uh, I think, in fairness to Ken's point of view, and I'm mulling this over right now in real time, it probably wasn't about shame, but so much like, oh, it's very publicly visible that you do not control or you do not represent the bulk of the people anymore. So you should go away now. Like, maybe when it's that visibly... Like, because that... It's manufacturing consent. It's propaganda. We're neck deep in it. And, you know, it's it's getting really bad. But basically, you need to get the message out there. You need to get the message out that better things are possible. How we achieve them, there's a debate to be had about that. Bernie or bust. Vote blue no matter who. Um... I was going to say something else, but I don't want to end up on any more watch lists. Um, I was going to say eco-terrorism, for the record. That sounds better than probably where your imagination originally went. But the point is, and the point why I was mad, and why I feel better now talking about it, or the alcohol, I'll tell you which it is after I publish this. Oh, that's good. Um is that for decades, literally four decades, Democrats have held the left as a hostage. You do not get a say in it. So if you want the world to be better than the worst thing the Republicans can do, you have to vote Democrat. Otherwise, you might as well be saying, and here's where they try and twist your words. You say, no, and they say, what, you think Hillary Clinton is as bad as Donald Trump? What, you think Donald Trump is as bad as Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren? No, nobody's trying to make that argument. I'm saying that a little bit in agreement agreeance with susan sarandon you know the reason why everyone got mad at susan sarandon or at least all the center left people did 
or center right is because Susan Sarandon, the words she actually said is a victory. This was before the election. A victory for Donald Trump would actually probably reinvigorate the left because when a Democrat is in office, everybody stops protesting. And this is the thing I keep trying to like talk to people about what they kind of need like a little bit of reminding of or maybe they didn't know it to begin with but a lot of the worst things about america were continued if not exacerbated by democrats the crime bill that put a large chunk of our you know black and brown populace behind bars bill clinton the drone strike program almost absolutely ramped up by and created by Barack Obama. The, uh, basically, um, crackdown on whistleblowers and sources of journalists and leaks and everything like that. Barack Obama. Remember when Barack Obama was elected into office, we were at war with two countries. We were occupying two nations, Afghanistan and Iraq. When Barack Obama left office, we had troops in Afghanistan and Iraq and Yemen and Syria and Ukraine and Somalia and three-fifths of Africa. Like, we we don't even know the real number. Like, I remember it was a few years ago that a bunch of Delta Force guys died in... I think it was the Congo. Uh, no, I think it was something else. But basically, the first thing everybody responded, er, the first thing everybody who's paying attention's response was, was, we have troops in the Congo? Like, they asked Central Command in Africa, like, hey, did you know you had some guys over in the Congo? And they said, we can't talk about it. And then basically, like, a tally started happening. And they're just like, oh, shit, we have troop deployments in like three-fifths of Africa. We are everywhere. It is bonkers. Anyways, the thing about when Democrats are in office is that, you know, a whole bunch of people, uh, the, uh, it, it gets best summed up in these protest signs that I saw at the Women's March after Trump's election, which was, um, if Hillary were elected, we'd be at brunch right now. And isn't that just the greatest distillation of what the center-left, center-right is? It is, I don't care. That's what it comes down to. I don't care, and I wish I could stop caring about it again. I wish I didn't have to think about how embarrassing our president is. And that's what it comes down to. He's uncouth. He swears. He sounds stupid and silly. I'm embarrassed by him. If those are... The things that bother you about our president, log off. Be quiet. Don't participate at all. Listen to other people who are talking around you, who do not believe in that, about what is actually wrong with our president. And realize, for the love of God, realize that they have more in common with the last president and the president before that and the president before that as well. Like, it it needs to stop. When Democrats get into office, we all of a sudden stop giving a shit. The protests stop. They gave Barack Obama a Nobel Peace Prize when he got elected. Now, it is a world historic event. That a person of a marginalized minority community was elected president by popular vote into its highest office. That is an achievement. That is something I hope we will be proud of one day. I am proud of today of that. My feelings towards Barack Obama as a person, that's another episode. But... It is world historic that it happened. It is a light at the end of the tunnel of we are a deeply racist country. But at least a 
decent amounts of us were excited at the idea of having a first black president. It's a point. We have, it's a point in the T-chart. There's a lot in the other column. (laughs) But we stop holding them accountable because it's our guy, right? He, we don't want to think about it anymore. The thing about Trump is, you know, he just makes me feel bad all the time. Like, what did he do today? It's like, oh, you know, he's shit in somebody's face. It's like, oh, I wish we had a president that didn't do that. I'm like, well, the bar is really low, isn't it? Or, you know, uh, <laughs> is he awful? Yes historically so categorically so he holds the world record in awfulness but i don't believe the bar for quote-unquote good should be well at least they're not as bad as that i think we should strive for maybe a little bit better i think we can do better i think we can do as good as we did in 2008 where Enough of us get together and say, we can do better. We are better than our history. We're better than our worst demons. We are a deeply racist, xenophobic, sexist, homophobic country. But enough of us in this country want that to change. And the only way it does is if we hold everybody to a better standard. The reason why the Repu- the reason why I don't get nearly as mad at the Republicans as I do the Democrats is because they're already a lost cause. They don't even agree on our shared reality. Reality, for the record, is a consensus. I will look at the wall that's in front of me and say it's white. The vast majority of people will come in here and say the same. Some of them are blind and they will disagree. Eh, it's a consensus. It's what we can most agree upon. So... The fact that that consensus is wildly just falling off the rails, those plates have stopped spinning, is because of them, and they're a lost cause. The people who still support Trump, I don't give a fuck about them. I ain't trying to win their vote. They might as well be dead, because they are just... Uh, you know, they, they they will just raise their hand up to salute their fucking Fuhrer. I'm not trying to be extremist here by comparing him to Hitler, but he's a fascist. He's a fascist if the shoe fits. They're a lost cause. I have abandoned them as a hope. The th- reason why I get upset is because I'm trying to reach the people who theoretically agree with me. The people who we are supposedly on the same side. The Democrats. The center left, center right. Better things are possible. I need to first convince you of that. Then I need to convince you that the better things are probably not the things you think they are. (laughs) Those are ideological things about, you know, welfare, rent control, universal health care. Those will take some convincing. We can... Fiddle about the details. But right now, the reason why I turned this recording on, because I was so mad, is because we're disagreeing about strategy. And the strategy is, how do we get what we want? Some people say it's enough to go ahead and wait. Um, And Elizabeth Warren will do for now. It won't. I can promise you that. It's not enough. She's not enough. Her most bold policies are not enough now you might be coming to me and say but richard even bernie won't get his most bold policies because he will reach obstruction in the republicans and in the democrats if we're being honest and that's true but it's nice to have somebody who at least knows what needs to get done for a lot of people bernie is the compromise Bernie doesn't go far enough in my review. He doesn't. A lot of work needs to get done. He's not for reparations. I am. They need to happen. Justice demands it. But Bernie will do. And you can go ahead and say that we're Bernie or Busters. 
and that were a cult of personality. But if you honestly thought that, then you know that browbeating us into how we need to vote won't work. The fact that you're trying to browbeat us into voting uh, a way antithetical. The, the fact that you think we need to be browbeaten. Bernie has said on many occasions, because Bernie's the only candidate who gets asked this asinine question, will you support the Democratic nominee if it isn't you? Because the narrative of 2016 and all that bullshit. So he's the only one who gets asked it. And he has said repeatedly, yes, absolutely. The most important thing is getting Donald Trump out of office. And that is because Bernie Sanders is a good person. And he ascribes to the theory of do as little harm as possible. But do as little harm as possible is how the evil people, the people in control, the people who can't be shamed, are going to control you. You're good people, by and large. People are good. People want to do right by one another. They don't want other people to suffer. And they will use that to destroy you. They will say, how dare you equivocate Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Do you know that Donald Trump is 5% worse towards women than Joe Biden? That 5% may not mean a lot to you, but it means the world to women. It's how they want to control you. They want to go ahead and tell you that the marginalized need you to vote for their shitty candidate. And do you know why that doesn't work on me anymore? It's because the marginalized don't vote. They never have. Very rarely. The vast majority of black people don't vote. The vast majority of gay people don't vote vast majority of poor people don't vote. They don't. It just don't. They know in their hearts and minds that the system was not built for them and that it will regularly antagonize them. So the vast majority of them say, fuck it. Or the vast majority of them say, all right, yeah, I'll vote for the guy who doesn't want to put my head on a pike. Low bar. Low fucking bar. And if you want to go ahead and put your bona fides up against mine, here's a conversation I had in 2016. They're just like, you know that if you don't support Hillary Clinton, you will damn marginalized communities. And to that I said, all right, I'm a first generation American. My family is from South America. My grandmother... Uh, was not always a legal citizen. She is now, thank God. But she is constantly worried that ICE will not give a shit. My uncle is in the military. I will not say which branch right now. Or what he does. So is... And here, here, here was the calculus I was forced to decide when it came to my family personally. Do I want somebody who is going to terrify, antagonize, and persecute my family because they were not from this country? Or do I want someone who is going to persecute, antagonize, and terrify people in other countries using folks like my uncle who will be used as disposable bodies? in order to carry out their will in other nations. That was the calculus I was forced to do. Mileage may vary. And, you know, I might change my mind tomorrow. Maybe I will turn into a vote blue no matter who. But it's it's not because of that. It won't be because of that. Like I said, I live in California. Who gives a shit who I vote for? It literally doesn't matter. Last time, honestly, I'll tell you right now. Say it for the record. I voted for Gloria Lariva for the uh, Party of Socialism and Liberation. That's who I voted for in 2016. 
I didn't vote for Jill Stein. I voted for Gloria LaRiva. Most of you didn't know who she was, who she is, or about that party. But I voted for her. I liked her platform. And I didn't think she was going to become president. But uh, California, you know, uh, I've always had a strong inclination that we should have more than two parties. And um, I've always hoped that more parties would get more heat. But it's the Hasid situation. You don't vote for who you want to. You vote for who you don't want to. That's what it comes down to. The vast majority of people who voted for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton voted for them. Like half of them voted for them because they like them or they wanted them. And the other half said, well, the other one scares me more. That's what it comes down to in this country. That's all it is. And it will continue to be that way until we say otherwise, until we've had enough. What that means, I don't know. Um, violent revolution, Marxist-Leninist revolution, um, whether it's uh, electoralism, whether it's a Bernie Sanders victory. Maybe he wins enough delegates and enough caucuses and primaries that the Democrats just can't in any believable way take it away from him. Who knows? Um, but it's not enough. The way we're going right now is not enough. And the way we were going before with the Barack Obama, you know, Bill Clinton, they weren't enough either. Some very drastic things need to get done. And it's not enough to cross your fingers and hope they get done. Or point in their direction. It's just not enough. We can't do it anymore. Do no harm. Or do as little harm as possible. That's not a governing philosophy. That's bracing for impact. That's what you do when you tuck your head between your knees uh, when the airplane's about to crash. That's not a theory of government at all. Certainly not in a democracy, and I know we ain't a fucking democracy, but if you purport to wish to live in one, then you can't, by any stretch of the imagination, think that saying you have to vote for my candidate because the other one is worse is anything approaching persuadable. Or at least that's how I feel. Thanks for listening to me, heroes. I've ranted for enough, and I think that's where I'll call it. Hopefully I'll have another uh, podcast episode for you soon. I've got some ideas rolling around, but uh, I don't want to spoil them. See you later, heroes. Take care.